Welcome to the Superhero of Love podcast. I am Bridget Fonger, and I wrote a book called Superhero of Love, Heal Your Broken Heart, and Then Go Save the World. My book is all about helping people love and be loved more than ever. I believe we all have a superhero of love inside of us. Yes, even you, superhero. And in this podcast, I talk to people who are all about helping us all tap into that superhero. May this episode make a difference for your heart. Let's get this party started. Okay, we're sitting in the living room with a special guest. Is it just voice? It's just voice, yeah. Okay, Okay, yeah, no, the cameras. We have cameras all around the living room. (laughs) Liar. (laughs) Every single direction that you look, there's a camera. In the Buddha? (laughs) Yeah, in the Buddha behind me. In the Lakshmi over there. I'm sitting in my living room with Anthony Guthmiller, my dear friend who I've known for 1.5 million years mm-hmm. because we are each 1 million years old. Five know, lifetimes. Five lifetimes. And I'm interviewing Anthony because he's my special friend. And, <laughs> and he That's came up. wide open to interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> so Anthony and I, and Anthony and I are going to talk about a bunch of things, but um, one of the things that I love about Anthony, I love so many things about Anthony, but one of the things that I love about you most is is how you seize life. Seizing life, you do it so artistically. You don't just like grab life by the horns. You grab life by the horn, the hoof, and the, and the tummy. and the... Maybe it grabs me. Oh. I don't know if I grab it. I think it just grabs me and I just hang on for the ride. Oh my god, that's so cool! Okay, let's let's go back to how we met. So, um, we met at my my house. Your our mutual friend at the time, who we are no longer both friends with. Yep, mutual friend that's brought true. you to my book signing. Book signing, my first book in two thousand one. The Lazy Woman's Guide to Everything. Right, just about everything. Just not about. everything. Yeah. Oh, well. We were going <laughs> to write about everything, and then we were like, you know what? We might we're miss too something. Lazy. <laughs> We might miss yeah, something, right? So you came, and then we, I was um, working with Aid Service Center at that mm-hmm. time, exactly. And um, um, you were negotiating getting a job there, which you got, Correct. which was so exciting. And we worked together on projects at Aid Service Center. So let's talk about. And then Aid Service Center closed a couple of years. When? How many years ago now? Five years ago. And Aid Service Center was this amazing place in Los Angeles. It was it was started um, out of the um, Episcopal Church that Ed Bacon, I've interviewed Ed Bacon for this podcast. All Saints Church. All Saints Church mm-hmm. in the basement of All Saints Church. And it grew yep. into this amazing thing. And then, Correct. so yeah, you tell the story. No, just it grew out of the need. Um, it, it grew out of the need of the community in Pasadena in that when the AIDS crisis hit, uh, people didn't know where to turn as far as where do, where do I get assistance? Where If I have a friend, who do I... So the, the start of it literally was a phone jack that All Saints Church installed and put in a dedicated line with an answering machine in their basement. And the basement only fits six people. It was sort of like a root cellar. And that's literally where the start of Aid Service Center started. And then... It just grew from there where then they started, you know, they dedicated somebody to answer all the calls that came flooding in and then they got their first grant and then they, it just grew from there. 
And then 1987. 1987, and then um, and then there came a time where it wasn't needed anymore, right? The, it, I mean, the needs shifted. Mm-hmm. Um, it the financing was the challenging part. It was private funding versus uh, public funding. Um, with a uh, HIV cocktail, mm-hmm. uh, people weren't dying. It was more manageable, but we still had the issue of having to educate people with safer sex, etc. So the needs shifted, and it still continues. There still is lots of need for awareness around that, and sti- you know, stigmas attached. Um, but we closed it because the needs had shifted, and our funding had shifted. So the services that we uh, offered at the uh, time that we closed were integrated into other areas in the community. So other agencies took over where you guys Correct. left off, and it folded into there. But I, I just think that it's, I mean, not that it isn't still an issue and that education isn't still an issue and people aren't still, there aren't new cases of um, HIV happening. I just think it's, or is that an incorrect thinking that it's a good sign that it, a full-blown agency dedicated to it was no longer needed? Is that well, no, a the, misunderstanding on my part? The, the shift, most of the aid service organizations in Southern California at the time were biopsychosocial agencies. And what shifted was public funding shifted from that psychosocial, biopsychosocial model into medical care. Okay. So what happened is that the public funding, the federal money, Ryan White Care Act, that money started being shifted to you had to be a medical provider to receive funds. Oh, okay. And we were not. Gotcha. Uh, AIDS Project Los Angeles then started also connect. So most of the aid service organizations were not medical providers. So now those who are, are connected to treatment. Because one of the developments of HIV was that if you were, if you were connected to medical care, you, and it had treatment, mm-hmm. the other issues that used to surround that didn't exist anymore. You, you, you literally could live a very healthy, right. full life. Right. It, as long as you were on treatment and had the, you know, and had awareness of it. Right. That's what, that was the big shift. Right. Are we allowed to say that you are HIV positive? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, because <clears throat> I, I, it's not necessarily that the people that are working at these agencies are HIV positive and you could hmm. share your experience, but you've also been, I have literally never, like, You've had like one flu since I met you or something. I mean, you you are literally one of the healthiest, most energizer bunny people on the planet Earth, and I've so I've never seen you thwarted by. Well, I mean, we're all different. Everyone's a different individual. Um, I mean, I get run down and stuff. My type or my personality is, you know, my lessons are different from other people's. We all have different lessons, and mm. I need to learn to have more balance and slow down a little bit. Versus somebody who maybe needs to learn the opposite. So, yeah, I'm a type A type of a personality that would do better to be a little bit more balanced and be a little bit more slow. And that's my journey. I can't imagine you slowing down. So, just FYI, if you ever follow um, follow follow Anthony on Facebook, which I highly recommend <laughs> because he is so creative. He's such an artist in every area of his life. But if you follow his... 
um, social media, you will see that he literally wakes up at three o'clock in the morning and doesn't go. Sometimes I mean, like I you wish never, not, you never yes. sleep. So I'm always in awe of your. We are all in awe. Everybody that knows you, FYI, is in That's awe of your sweet. of your energy and also that you are such a bright light in the world and wherever you go, you shed light. And one of the places that you go and shed light is um, you redirected that energy that was focused on the AIDS service center and you redirected it to other nonprofits in the world and talk mm -hmm. about, cause a lot of people, you know, we live in Los Angeles and we, and, and not even all my friends in Los Angeles have, um, have, have experienced working in nonprofits and giving back and stuff. And, and you're just so inspiring in the way that you do this. And I just, and by the way, I just want to acknowledge that you also, it's not a nonprofit, but you helped me so immensely on love forward talks, which was, you just jumped right in. And Anthony was, was pivotal, seminal, evitable, <laughs> every, One all, of the bowls. every, yeah. all, every, all to love forward talks. And we're sitting right in front of the love forward talk heart right now. <laughs> um, but tell us about how service has been a part of your life. I mean, I, 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 I'm not sure the true answer of that question. I think one of the, you know, I was raised to, you know, the golden rule was the, you know, cornerstone of what we were supposed to do. Your word is your contract and treat others, you know, the way you want to be treated. Um, that was really install, instilled in me. Also, one of my first jobs, you know, professional jobs was with Sebastian International, the hair and skincare cosmetic company. And I remember the founders who are dear, very dear friends of mine still, um, they helped start, you know, the whole, coin the phrase, cause marketing. Mm. And the whole thing was about giving back to the community and being a part of the community, which makes all of us uh, better people. So when I fell into the nonprofit world with the Aid Service Center, it was a, a natural sort of progression. And I remember one of the reasons I was hired from the, by the Aid Service Center was the executive director at the time, Yvonne Benson, hired me because she wanted some, uh, somebody who had business acumen. Mm. Um, a lot of the nonprofits in the world, uh, probably more so before to now, are always started because somebody had a passion, a care to make a change and to create something. They didn't necessarily do it because they had business acumen or experience or how to run a business or whatever. And I think that's the biggest thing that is missing in a lot of nonprofits, charity, 501c3, whatever, is that there's always a passion component. And a good there's good intention but that doesn't always relate to business practices right and that's what a nonprofit bottom line is a business and you if if you're not running the business uh, well it's not going to survive um, now obviously there are nuances and there are things that you know are impact a nonprofit versus a for-profit but I think that's one of the ways that I've been able to give back is to help some of the nonprofits that I work with, with my experience and not just in business, but in nonprofit, which is all the same thing. Mm -hmm. And that's basically how do we, how do we fund the programs that are offered by tapping into the resources of the, of money, whether that's public or private. And it's like, you know, that that's, that's the hundred thousand dollar question right. that every nonprofit wants the answer to. Right. Right. But you're really good at making money from nonprofits. So, 
um, thank you for all that you do to support yeah, sure. all the local nonprofits here. So there have been lots of clicky clacks, and that's Tuli and Lucy are surrounding us and on top of us and or walking around clicky clacky on the wood floors. It's not me and my heels. <laughs> it's not Anthony and his heels, which is a sight to behold. Um, so one of the things that we were talking about earlier is um, aging with malleability. We're, we're just about the same age. We're only one year difference in our age. And um, you are about to embark on a big life change, possibly, and something that came out of the blue, life change. And so wherever Anthony goes, wherever you go, I can't imagine you not being entrenched and surround, you know, like entrenched in that community. Because you do. You just like, you are so giving and so vibrantly entrenched in life like you are in you are a we were talking like when when I told a couple friends that you were possibly moving and they both said but wait he's a Pasadena fixture how can Pasadena survive without him and I can't imagine that um wherever you land and wherever you've been in the past that's been the case as well I mean it that's kind it's very sweet of people to say that um, I'm not a fixture. I don't, you don't turn a spout in my water if something comes out. But, but the point is that I, I, it's, it's just who I am. Uh, and I think we're all striving to be the best we all can be. Um, and where, wherever I am, I hope that I can make a difference. And it's like whether that's in your art or your life or, you know, your community, neighborhood, what, whatever that is. And, you know, I'm lucky. I'm the biggest control freak there is. And I, that's one of my lessons is how not to be, which is my ongoing uh, struggle. And it's sort of like I have been very blessed because none of the careers that I've had, and I'm old and I've had a lot of careers, is that none Can of those were planned. you say you're old because we're the same age and I don't want you to say that. Okay, okay well, um, my multiple lives have been... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's true. I shouldn't always say that. It's, but the point is that <laughs> I have all of my amazing careers that I have had, and I've been very blessed to have those because of the people that I've been able be introduced to and have been able to be surrounded with. None of those were planned. Mm. I, I just happened to be open to those opportunities that fell in my lap. And I think that's one of the underlying things that I hope that I can continue to be until this breath is out of, you know, out of this body is to be open to whatever those opportunities are. Even if I don't have all the answers or know how to do it, it's like, I'll figure it out or I wouldn't have been given the opportunity. Um, and the experience and the journey is just as or more important than the destination. So, you know, we all have the same destination. We're all going to end our lives. And whether that's in a box or in a urn or something, so how we get there and how we embrace that is more important than that destination. That's cool. How, so when you embark on something new, so you, you trip upon something like you have just tripped upon a life change and does fear ever come up? And if fear comes up, Always. what do you, okay. So what do you give us some tips on what we can do in those, in those moments? I have no idea what other people can do. Um, I, <laughs> I think for me that I just, I, I, I try to be present 
And if I can be, and that's always been a moniker or a, a motto that I try to live by is that to be as present as possible, you know, we're not guaranteed the future. We can't do anything about the past. So be in this moment. And when I am present, that's when I'm at most, most at peace. And so when I, when fear creeps in and that's, it's normal. I mean, it's normal for me. If that creeps in, I just have to let it go. Um, I, I think when, when I started learning how to meditate, one of the things, a, a, a great lesson that I learned, and I don't remember even from who it was, you know, that, you know, the people used to say, Oh, clear your mind or whatever. I'm like, that is never going to happen. I, my mind is never going to be clear. And then when I was, taught to just sit and imagine it at the banks of a river and the thoughts are this river mm. it exists i just don't have to be in the river right. so being present means that all the drama of life and everything else i'm not saying it doesn't exist it exists i just don't have to attach myself to it and when i attach myself to it that's okay i just remind myself let go and just don't keep holding on to it. And sometimes it's easier than not. Sometimes I am attaching myself to whatever dramas in my life and I have to keep letting go of it. So it's just a constant reminder. That's so cool. I'm going to use that. I feel like I've heard that of sitting on the bank and watching your thoughts in the river, and but it didn't get inside me like it just did just mm -hmm. now. That's so great. That That one thought, wherever whoever said it or whatever, I give you credit for it. <laughs> it, it was the biggest change for me um, because I always had this perception that I it had to be gone and I, I wasn't in the right place because I was constantly attaching to that. And then when it was really, it's like, it's like, you know, we've all heard the adage that when you're sick or sad or depressed or whatever, that's okay. Let yourself be there. Mm -hmm. Be in the moment. Literally let it come through you. And it's when we fight it and when we, uh, you know, resist that it sticks. Right. So just don't let it stick. Just be okay with it and then let it pass through you until the next part. Is this from TM? Because I know you, do you still practice TM? I do. I know you, okay, you do. Okay. No, uh, I don't think that was, I don't think, I think that was pre-TM for me. Okay. Um, yeah, that was, I mean, TM's great and I love it and I do it every day. But that what that was prior to that. Okay. I think actually the book that I get, the inner guide to meditation, and I don't even know where it is or whatever. But mm. that title of the that book and that title was the big turning point for me. Wow, that's cool. I'll have to go find it now and see what read re read. I know maybe. I've never heard of that <laughs> book. That's so damn cool. Um, okay, other ways we were talking about um, the benefits of being malleable because I've been. I, there are people that I don't hang with as much anymore because I find that they're aging with harder edges and I'm trying to have fewer hard, <laughs> hard edges, you know, and yeah. when I notice that I've got a hard edge going on, like I was just, um, I, one of the exercises that I have in my book is to, um, have, a little box that you can put when you, when you find yourself having an emotional state repeatedly or an emotional thought repeatedly, you just put the, put these thoughts in a box. Mm -hmm. 
And I happened to be cleaning out a cabinet and I found this, I hadn't used a box, I'd used a jar. So, but I found the jar in with these other jars mm-hmm. and I was like, what the hell's in this jar? And it was all these little slips of paper of these thoughts that um, they were things that I had made hard edge decisions about, mm-hmm. like, sure. I will never date an X or I will never right. date as, you know, I will never do Z or I will never this, never. Right. I, I was trying to put all my nevers in there. Right. And, um, and I was like, huh, you know, some of these, I still am kind of hanging on to these, you know, like I don't ever want to do that, you know, that right. kind of thing. And so I've been contemplating this myself cause I just found that a couple days ago, like, hmm, we still, we are developing some hard edges, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, so tell me how you, cause you seem to not have any hard edges as far <sighs> as I'm concerned. Totally. I love peanut brittle, but other than that, it's <laughs> not, um, hard edges. I think. I think with time it comes a certain part, a certain bit of wisdom, I guess, is that, you know, I, that sounds old to me. But when I think about it, it's like I realize that the preciousness of life is uh, more uh, is more exaggerated. So I realize that I I get to choose where I spend my time and who I spend my time with. And maybe in the past when I was younger, I allowed people, you know, to surround myself or have people in my life that, that I didn't, it wasn't, they were harder edge. And I I always equate everything on this topic is I think of it as an emotional bank account. Mm. And it's sort of like when I'm with somebody, Mm. are there deposits being made and withdrawals? And if, if you, if you put a name whoever in your life and if that name is always being withdrawals and pretty soon that account is uh, past due and you're extending credit mm-hmm. maybe you just have to close the account wow. and just say I'm sorry your account's overdrawn <laughs> and you no longer have credit here oh my and god that's it, so great it's you know it, we joke about it but I have had to do that recently mm-hmm. um, and that's that was something I was not comfortable with because it was like I had to have a boundary and a, a sort of like, no, I, I deserve more than that. Mm-hmm. I, it, I'm i not going to keep giving and depositing into your account mm-hmm. when I get nothing in, in return for that. Mm-hmm. So that's up to each individual to determine what that account looks like, right. you know, and we get different things in different ways from different people. So it, it can it's very individual. But each person has that. So one of the exercises I remember many years ago, I had been, we we were all tasked with a piece of paper that was all puzzle pieces. And there were maybe five pieces of the puzzle. And you had to put in each piece, and it was a small number, who you spent your time dealing with. It could be negative or positive, like, oh yeah, I spent three and a half hours fighting this person because of work or whatever. And I realized when you, when I reflected back on that piece of paper with the puzzles, there were some pieces that weren't positive. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why am I spending so much time Mm -hmm. of this limited finite life Mm -hmm. with that? So that piece of the puzzle went left. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a good challenge for each of us. I know it is for me Yeah, is only surround myself with people that, are uh, vibrate at an energy that 
is good with for me. Yeah, I was just. I it makes me think of the times where it's not been just black and white though, right? Where it's like. I often go, oh, but that person's going through a hard time right now, so it's, it, you know, I'm going to be giving a little bit more now, but then you just have to stay sure. aware. Is this a pattern? But I think yeah. if you, even in situations like that, if you took the time to reflect upon, do five years, you know, have you benefited from that friendship in five years or 10 years or whatever it is? Mm -hmm. I mean, we all, we have to get, there's some give and take with everyone, Yeah. but it's sort of like, if it's constantly yeah. a give, 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 and there isn't a return, then you need to reevaluate that. Right. Us just thought popped into my head was what about family? I know you're really close to your family too. So do that you, includes family. It, it does include family, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Everything's energy, family, people, sofas, every, everything is energy and there's a vibration to, and I'm not, I, I didn't create that. Everyone knows that. Right. Um, so it's like. Anthony invented energy. <laughs> Don't I wish. <laughs> Maybe I did in 13 lifetimes ago. Um, but but I think I think that's one of the things that I, I literally, I live my life that way. And I try to encourage that with other people is that every single thing in our lives, physical or non-physical, is energy. Mm -hmm. So why would we put anything in our life that doesn't vibrate an energy that we want to be around? Mm -hmm. If something is ugly and doesn't make you smile and laugh and have joy, I don't care if it's a pillow, a sofa, a piece of furniture or an art, mm -hmm. get rid of it. Yeah. Literally bring something. Everything in your life should make you feel good and smile. Yeah, I had some things that were, I have I have a section in my book that talks about that actually, like that I have to have everything that I see and everything I see in this room makes me happy. Like it's yeah, exactly. beautiful to me and it makes right. me happy. Um, and I don't care if it makes my guests unhappy. You know, like some people come into my house and they're like, wow, there's a lot of color. And I'm like, yeah, fuck you. I live here, not you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the great thing. First of all, if they're returning... They're here because of you, and that's who you are. Right, right, right. So it's like that. that's what makes us all individual and unique. Right. Um, oh, what I was going to say is that I the last lingering pieces that I had that weren't making me happy were things from my grandmothers, right? Like something mm -hmm. that my grandmothers owned that I had, and it would make me think of my grandmother, but it would also at the same time make me think, I don't like that. It's ugly. So it was like the... <laughs> You're like keeping I had it because get, of obligation. Yes, exactly. And it's like that's so. Just in place crazy. in things like that, is like, then create something out of it that makes you smile, maybe for that different purpose, right. or give it away or get rid of it. No, somebody else will have a benefit from that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I. One of my grand my grandmother's yeah. desk I gave to Mason. Mason, See? our mutual friend. And I was like, somebody can go love this. And I don't know if he's still loving it. He may have passed it on for somebody else to love. But it was, that was my grandmother's desk that, like, right. for a minute, I was like, I should have this. And it was like, absolutely not. That is so not me. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I think that's where, you know, that's how I built one of my little side businesses is the whole art of upcycling. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like things that are neglected and don't have the life they used to. It's like, well, let's create something, a new life. And that's the part that it's like everything can be recreated and renewed, literally. 
Right. So and let's you discover are, that. You're such a master of doing that. I love how you do that. He takes and creates things out of out of everything. Um, and let's go back to the the thing of energy and hanging out with good energy. Um, as Tallulah just sat and nestled next to you. Um, good energy, Tallulah. Um, when I was writing my book, you were writing a book. Oh God. <laughs> No, and tell them it about has been the shelved, but... right, right. But it was what was it called again? Uh, back in the pool, dating at fifty. Okay, um, <laughs> and uh, but you 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 had you stopped dating because you found you found the one, and that's talking about energy. So mm-hmm. tell us about tell us about that journey, and did you expect that to happen? Well, God, I hope to. I mean, that, that we all want that. We all want someone in our lives that you know will love us and that we can love. I think. The part, the shift for me was, uh, for all us, uh, all the single people out there, which we've all been, is that, you know, people always say, oh, when are you going to, you know, find somebody or when's the find? It's like, yeah, right. That's it. Let's, let's get something original. It was always the, that was part of the letting go was, I would always say the universe is getting him ready. And when he's ready, mm-hmm. My task was to get ready so when he was ready, I was ready as well. Mm. And once I had that mindset, then it was that that was a total that was a different shift because the pressure was sort of off because we always sort of project that it's somebody else. But are we doing the work on ourselves? So we're ready when that person is going to be available to us. And the universe takes care of that. You know, whether it's grocery shopping, you meet them at the post office or whatever it is, that's going to happen. I am now at this point where I'm like, you know, friends of friends were friends and family would always ask, "Okay, are you dating? And people have stopped asking. And it's just like it's so funny because it's really just like so not my priority. It's just my spiritual Mm -hmm. life is like more my priority. You know, like that's where my energy is. And I and I feel so loved and loving you know what I mean like I don't feel like I'm but it's it's just very funny it's a transformation that's just kind of I was it just kind of happened slowly over time where I'm like wait what's happening I mean it would be it would be lovely it would be icing on the cake but it would have to right and well I think we all have different definitions and perceptions of what love quote-unquote is I know I did and I had I've had some amazing relationships that, you know, the rug got pulled out from under me. It's like, whoa, what the hell? Yeah. And those were good lessons because. I still don't understand. There was one big rug pulling (laughs) that we all witnessed. And And, none of us, I still think he had a brain tumor or something. And and maybe, you know, (laughs) it's like, who knows? And it's not for us to have those answers. And again, back to the control person. I realized that some, I just have to let go and I have to trust. And ultimately trusting in what the universe brings to me and what the universe takes Mm. is my best learning if I can accept that. And being in the moment and being present and it's like, well, this wasn't planned. Well, okay, it wasn't planned. Mm. But appreciate it, you know, take the best out of it whether it's the learning, the joy, the whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how, at least that's how I have been gifted with such a, an amazing life. And, you know, how we define that is individually done. Anthony, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Bridget. Thank you, Bridget. you for, I adore for you. coming. I adore you so much. And, I, and, and Bridget is the most amazing cook. <laughs> oh my God, we just had a stunning meal. 
that um i'm I making that i'm making that salad for everybody and a couple of people have asked me to write up the recipe and i which is like not even worth writing up a recipe because it's so easy but i did do a little video Good. and i put it on my youtube channel awesome this asian salad i make that anthony and i being vegetarians we loved it so much and just much. consume practically the entire world. yeah <laughs> thank you for being such a giant heart in my life and you've taught me so much about love my, over these years my honor. and again thank you for being such a force behind love forward talks also i love you i love you i love you thank you let's all go forward in love that was the divine mr anthony guthmiller a major fixture in the nonprofit world in Pasadena, California, spreading light and love wherever he goes, beyond beyond Pasadena, all everywhere that he travels, he is a bright and shining light, and I hope you felt that light in your heart today. I felt like I had to share him. He was at the house, and I just felt like I had to share him with the superheroes of love. And he convinced me to do his upcoming fundraising event, Setting the Table. So I'll be at the Pasadena Convention Center on November 9th if you want to come to that amazing event, Setting the Table. I'll be setting a superhero of love table. Come and see it on November 9th at the Pasadena Convention Center. Um, And if you like this podcast, please go rate and review it. Tell your friends about it. Subscribe to it. Spread the word. Also, please spread the word about Superhero of Love, my book, and get it for your friends and family for Christmas. Oh my God, what a great Christmas present. Okay, thanks for coming, Superhero. Have a great day.